Welcome to Highlands Church Audio Sermons. Today, August 26, 2018, we continue our series titled Knowing Truth, The Letters of John. Today's sermon, Walking in the Light, will be taught to us by Pastor Thomas Slager out of 1 John chapter 1, verses 5-10. through 10. Enjoy! In a world of disagreements, large and small... I don't believe that you exist. Go think whatever you want. Go ahead. How can a good and powerful God allow innocent people suffer unspeakable tragedies? But then there's all these questions, you know, about ethics and moral issues as well. And I would say, well, they're crazy for not testing what they think they believe. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not real. It's as real as what you see. And, and I begin with the assumption that God is love. And love is love is love is love. I think that the orthodox, historic Christian tradition is this vast, diverse conversation that's been going on for thousands of years. First John chapter 1, verses 5 through 10. Last week we saw that the Apostle John is writing this letter to some churches in Asia Minor. Um, and one of the intentions he has in writing this is to correct some heresy, some false doctrine that had infiltrated those churches. And I think this morning as we look at our life, we might even realize that some false doctrine, um, some bad teaching may have even infiltrated our own hearts and may have be affecting um, our fellowship with the Lord. So this morning, we're just going to read it, hop in and see what it says. First John chapter 1, verses 5 through 10. Let's read it. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in the darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Let's pray. God, though it's my voice that's been heard, we know it's your word that's been spoken and God, this morning, um, we submit ourselves to your authority, to your word. God, we believe um, that to disbelieve or disobey this message in this book is to disbelieve or disobey you. So God, we ask that you would give us help and not just understanding, but also help in applying the concepts that we learn today. Holy Spirit, would you um, be so evident with us this morning? Would we feel your conviction? God, would you show us any darkness that's in our life as we seek and strive to live in the light because that's where you are, Jesus. You are in the light. So help us be in the light. Also, God, thank you for allowing us to be together. Would you bless this time and receive all glory, honor, and praise to you and to you alone. In Christ's precious name we, said, we pray, amen. First John 1, 5 through 10, again, in case you're not there yet. Um, you'll see two main points. Each of those main points have two points. The first main point, we see the message proclaimed. The message that John proclaims, it's in verse five. He writes, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you. So what, what he's been shown, he now makes known. That's a, a cute little way to remember. What, where does John get in this stuff from and, and what's he doing? Well, what he's been shown by God, he now makes known to the people. And what does he say? Well, he explains the character of God. He helps people understand who God is. He says, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. The very first thing we see from our passage, who is God? God is light. God is 
Light, we see light all throughout the scriptures. We see God appearing as light. We see uh, him passing by people as light. We see righteousness as light. We see purity as light. We see truth as light. We see direction as light. Light in the scriptures is always a good thing. So when God defines himself as being light, what does that mean? It means God is perfect. It means he is moral purity. It means he gives that sense of direction. It means he's good. It means he's everything that's right. It means that he's the truth. It means he's visible. It means he's revealed himself, which is interesting, especially in light of these people that John is writing against. Remember these guys called Gnostics, or this Gnosticism thing had infiltrated into the church. And one of the things that these Gnostics believed is that there was this secret knowledge and that you had to do the right thing, say the right thing, and kind of conjure up this God so you could believe him. It was like this secret thing that that God was really, really hard to find and unless you did all these special things then you never could find God. But here's the interesting thing about light. Against a backdrop of darkness, is light really all that difficult to find? Not at all. I got here early this morning and enjoyed a cup of coffee and out of my office I watched the sunrise. It wasn't difficult to find. Why? Because it's pitch blackout. And you look out, where's the sun? Oh, there it is. It, it's, it's plain to see. It's easy to see. So God being light, God has revealed himself. God has shown us who he is, and because of that, he can be known. Last week, we looked at John chapter 1. I want to look at it again, because John has a lot to say about light and this process of light and how we, too, can become light and follow the light. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. I have it up on the screen for you. It says, In the beginning was the Word. Um, John chapter 1, verse 14 says, the word became flesh, the flesh dwelt among us, and, and, and who is that? That's, that's Jesus, right? So when we're talking about the word, we're talking about Jesus. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. He, this is the word, was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, not anything has was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Interesting. So we see that God is light in, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. In John chapter 1, 1, we see that Jesus is also God. So not only is God the Father light, we see that God the Son is also light from John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. In John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus speaking, he says, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. So we see this progression happening. In 1 John 1, God is light. In John chapter 1, we see Jesus is also light. In John 8 verse 12, we see that God, the Father, the light, has sent the light, Jesus, into the world. And he says two things. Whoever follows me, this is important, that whoever follows me, two things happen. One, you will not walk in darkness. And secondly, you will have the light of life. Jesus, the light of the world, does two things as we follow him. The first thing he does, he gives us direction so that we do not walk in darkness. He shows us how to live. He tells us where to go. But then secondly, it says we will have the light of life. It's a possessive thing. So not only is the light of Christ, the light of the world, giving us direction in our life, he also comes in us and then drives the darkness out. Okay, so he gives us direction so we can follow the light. As long as we follow the light, we will know where to go, especially when we're in the darkness. And if we believe in the light, he gives us the light, and the light then drives the darkness out of our life. So we see God as the light, Jesus coming as the light. If we follow the light, the light does things in our life. 
We continue on in John chapter 12, verses 36, John, or 35 and 36, John continues this idea of light, starting in chapter 12, verse 35. So Jesus, speaking again, said to them, the light, who's the light? It's himself. The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. This might be one of the most practical things you're going to learn this morning. Um, the one who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. Uh, it almost sounds like a fortune cookie in some ways. Just super straightforward and really, really helpful. In a practical sense, um, have you ever walked into a kid's room after dark? Did it work out well for you? No. Last week I got Legos to the bottom of the foot. Why? Because the one who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. <laughs> right? It's helpful to flip the light on. Turn the light on so you can actually see. Uh, and in the darkness of our world, don't you think that having the light and walking in the light will be so much more helpful for you as you try to follow Christ? Of course it will. The one who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, again, this is Jesus Believe in the light. Now check this out. That you may become sons and daughters, children of light. Interesting progression. Let's walk through it again. First John chapter one, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. John one, Jesus is God, therefore Jesus is light. John eight, verse 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. John 12, if you believe in light, you then become a child of light. God's children are supposed to look like their father. God is light, therefore how should the children look? Like light. Our, light should, our life should not be characterized by darkness. Matthew chapter five, verse 14 and 16, Jesus speaking, different gospel, same guy. He says this, you are a light of the world. You are the light of the world. Wait a minute, so God's the light, Jesus is the light, Jesus is the light of the world, I believe in the light, therefore I become a child of the light, and now Jesus says, I am the light. We are the light. The light of the Father, the light of the Son is supposed to come inside of us and then shine through us. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine. Did you learn this as a kid? This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light, I'm gonna let it shine. Right? Hide it under a basket, is that? No! I'm gonna let it shine. It's so simple, is it not? But we complicate this so much. God our Father is light and when we believe in Jesus, the light of the world, we become children of light. Are we too not then supposed to go out and shine the light? We're supposed to look like our Father. We're supposed to look like the light. This is the message we've heard from the beginning and proclaimed to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. It's the second thing that we see of who God is. There is no darkness in him. There is no darkness in him. So if the light represents moral purity, darkness would represent sin. If light represents knowledge, then darkness represents ignorance. If light represents truth, then darkness represents the lie. God is light. There is no 
darkness. Now, lest we complicate things, let me explain to you how simple this is. There's a, a wonderful resource. Let me say this first. On the back of your sermon thing, um, there's a little R inside of an orange dot. We told you guys about our new partnership with the organization called Right Now Media a couple weeks ago. Um, we sent out about 3,000 invites, and 700 of you all accepted it. Um, so 2,300 of you are really missing out. Uh, go on today, tomorrow, whenever you can, and log in to your Right Now Media account or follow the instructions on the back because there are amazing resources for you on that website. You can download it to your Apple TV, you can download it to your phone, your Roku, your Google something or other, whatever thing you stream media from, you can download it on that thing. Why do I say that? Because one of the really great resources on there um, that we've been utilizing in our family is a First John Bible study geared towards children. It's the guy named Phil Vischer. He's the guy who started VeggieTales. VeggieTales. I, I sing songs to my kids. So that's the world I'm in. I apologize. Um, we did this first John study. Um, it's five minutes. And it was all about how God is light and he is not darkness. How, how we're supposed to be light. How we're not supposed to be darkness. And the last three minutes are these discussion questions that the screen asks you. And then you talk about it with your kids. And let me tell you how simple this concept of God being light and not darkness really is. So the questions come up. First question, what does it mean that God is light? So we asked our kids, hey, guys, what does it mean that God is light? What does that mean? Because we, we make it real difficult. Here's the first answer, my four-year-old. It means he's everything good. What? Yeah, that, yep. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> what else? What else does it mean um, that, that God is light? Daddy, it means that he is, he is holiness. Okay, so not just that he is holy or that he has, that he has holiness or does some holy things, but, but he is holiness. Okay, maybe the darkness will trick him. Maybe if we ask him that question, it'll be way more difficult than I think, right? Guys, then if God is light and he's, he's holiness and goodness, then what is darkness? Oh, daddy, that's the bad things. What does that mean? It's the bad things. It's the sins. So what does it mean that God isn't darkness? It means he's none of the bad things. He's all of the good things without the bad things. This is a six and a four-year-old. Yet we, for whatever reason, we complicate this thing so much. If God is light and God is the Father and then gives children, we become children of light, should his children look like the Father who is light or should his children who are supposed to be light look like darkness? It's quite simple when you think about it. The children are supposed to look like their father. We're children of light who are meant to walk in light. So who is God? God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Who then are his kids and how are they supposed to act? That's the next thing we see in our outline this morning is the marks of our fellowship. The marks of our fellowship with God. What does it look like? What does it look like to be a Christian? Should our life be um, characterized by certain things? And, and John would say yes. He gives us a few examples of what those are. In verse six, he says this, if we say we have fellowship with him, if we say we have fellowship with him, now real quick in your Bible, um, go to 1 John chapter one, verse three, because we've, we've mentioned fellowship already twice in this book. It says, that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you. That sounds a lot like verse five, right? Verse five says this, this is the message we've heard from him and proclaimed to you. So he's, it's a continuation of the same thought. This is the message we've heard and proclaimed to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us and indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, 
Jesus Christ. Fellowship, it's an interesting word. It's the Greek word koinonia, the root word being koine, which means common, in common with, in common union with, to share in. Now, we often use fellowship in the church as going to a fellowship hall, or we're hanging out and we'll say, we're just fellowshipping, right? Um, Because that's what Christians do. We fellowship together. Uh, and, And here's the interesting thing. The way that John uses the word fellowship is not something that we do, but it's something that we are. It's not something that we do. It's something that we are. We are in fellowship with Christ. If we know Christ, then you are in Christ. You are in his body, common, united, common union, communion. You are in communion with Christ. And brothers and sisters, if you too are in communion with Christ, if you are in the body of Christ, that means I'm in the same body, you're in the same body. We therefore have fellowship with one another. It's not just this thing that we do, that Christians do. It's this thing that we have. We don't just do fellowship for the sake of being in good relationship with Christ. It's actually the exact opposite. Think of Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. It's that whole, by grace you've been saved through faith, not by work, so no one can boast. But then fast forward to verse 10. It says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works. What does Paul say? He says, we're saved, therefore we do good works. There is not the opposite. He doesn't say you do good works and therefore are saved. He says you have been saved, therefore you do good works. It's the same thing with our fellowship. We don't do things with one another in order to have fellowship. We have fellowship in Christ, therefore we do things with one another. It's not something we try to maintain in our life. It's something we experience and express because God has united us. If you are in Christ, then you are in the fellowship. If you'd love more on fellowship, um, again, right now, media, we dropped a video on there. Uh, Pastor John MacArthur talking really, really long about fellowship, and it's amazing. I'd encourage you to go ahead and watch that and see more about it. Another intention that John has in his letter is 1 John 5, verse 13. You can turn there, or I can just read it to you. 1 John 5, 13, because we're talking about fellowship. How do we know if we're in the fellowship? How do we know if we're in Christ? How do we know if we're in the faith? That's actually, John wants us, he wants us to know that. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, he says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that means you're in the faith, that you may know you have eternal life. You ever asked yourself the question, how do I know if I'm saved? You ever wondered that? How do I know if I'm in Christ? One of the things John does in this letter is he proposes all of these tests to encourage us and help us know if we are, in fact, in the faith. And that's what he goes to next. Marks of our fellowship. The first mark of our fellowship is this. We walk in the light. We walk in the light. Verse six, if we say we have fellowship, that's in common, common union, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in the darkness, we lie. And we do not practice the truth. Now notice he says if we walk in the darkness. He doesn't just say if you sin every once in a while, then you're a liar and there's no truth in you. Okay, if, if you're, I mean, you're a Christian, you believe in Jesus, nod your head. Okay, you still sin sometimes? Welcome to the club. Okay, that's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about a life that's characterized by blatant sin, disobedience, darkness. 
If you say you have fellowship with him, with the light, with the light of the world, God the light. If you say you are in common with him and God is light, but your life is utter darkness, they don't work. That does not mesh. If you are in common with him, if you are in fellowship with him, that means your life looks like his. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He's a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. You could almost say the old is like the darkness. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Behold, the darkness, the way you used to live, the darkness that surrounded you, the darkness that was in your heart, if you are in Christ, those things have been expelled. The light of Christ has overtaken your heart and driven those things out. The old, the darkness is gone. Behold, new light has come. Okay, so if you're here this morning um, and you've been claiming that you have fellowship with God but your life just looks like disobedience to the Lord, you might not be in the faith. You might not be in the faith. Verse seven, he says this, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. If we walk in the light, now rewind, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. God is light in him. There is no darkness at all. John chapter 1, verse 1 through 4 and verse 14. Um, Jesus is also the light. John chapter 8, verse 12. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. John chapter 12, verse 35 and 36. He says, if you believe in the light, you become sons of light. Matthew then says, go and let your light shine. Let your light shine. Here he says, walk in the light. Walk in the light. Walk in Christ. If God is the light, what is he like? Then be like him. Remember those what would Jesus do bracelets that were really cool and then everyone made fun of them? We should do those again. Why? Because it asks the question, what would Jesus do? Because if I want to know what the right thing is, if I want to know how to be like the light, if I want to know how to walk in the light, I can ask that question. Jesus is the light of the world. What would the light of the world do? If Christ were in my situation, how would he respond? And then I can go and walk in the light. So tough question I'd love for you to ask yourself real quick this morning. Am I walking in the light? Am I walking in the light? If I'm a Christian who professes Jesus Christ as the savior of my sins, who puts me in right standing, right relationship with the Lord, if I claim to be in the fellowship, am I walking in the the light. Now what we tend to do in these situations when someone asks that question is we start thinking things like, man, sure wish Jerry were here. He could use that question. <laughs> if your name's Jerry and you're here, I'm glad you're here, okay? <laughs> it's not intended to you to hurt your feelings or anything. But we start deflecting and start thinking like, man, I wonder so-and-so really needs to hear this. This isn't meant for that. Okay, Christians love doing this whole fruit inspecting thing where we examine other people's lives and see if they have the fruits of the Spirit. We try to see if they're walking in the light so we can decide if they're actually saved. And this isn't meant for that. This is meant for self-introspection of you asking the question of yourself. Matthew chapter 7, 3, um, verse 5, Jesus has a wonderful analogy. He says, why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye, but do not notice what? The log that's in your own eye. 
Or how can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when there's a log in your own eye? Okay, don't ask that question this morning, am I walking in the light and thinking about the speck in your neighbor's eye when there might be a log sticking out of your own? Examine yourself, ask the question, am I truly in the faith? Am I truly in fellowship? Am I truly walking in the light or am I just putting on a show? Second mark of our fellowship we see is that we confess our sins. We confess our sins. Like I said before, if you're in the faith, it doesn't mean your sins are gone. It means they've been paid for, they've been taken care of. You're no longer a slave to sin, you're a slave to righteousness, you're a freed man. The way you once walked, you don't have to do that anymore. The sins that once enslaved you, you're not enslaved to those any longer, you're free. Verse eight says this, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. That, that, that phrase, if we say we have no sin, again, these are ideas that, that false doctrine and heresy had infiltrated the church, right? The first thing he said is, if we claim to have fellowship with him, but that was something these guys were teaching. These false teachers came in and said, we can believe in Jesus and have heaven sealed up, but while we're here, we can just live like hell and it doesn't matter. Do whatever you want, sin it up, grace will abound. No, may it never be so. He says the same thing here. If we say we have no sin, it's another false doctrine that had crept into the church that that you're perfect, man. Whatever you do, God doesn't care. You don't even have sin. Once you believe in Jesus, you can just live however you want. It doesn't matter at all. And he says this, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And I love he doesn't just say, if we say we have no sin, you're lying to yourself. He says, if you say you have no sin, you are deceiving yourself. You're deceiving yourself. You're saying a lie you're actually beginning to believe. You ever done that to yourself before? Said something so crazy over and over and over again, you actually start to believe it and you're not sure if it's real or not? Like for 20 years, you woke up, looked in the mirror and said, you look good this morning. (laughs) Next day you wake up, you look good. 20 years later, I do look good. (laughs) You are deceiving yourself, right? It's the same thing. We can't just go through life thinking we don't have any sin because eventually, the, it, eventually you're gonna say that enough to the point where you begin to believe it. And it's not healthy. Romans chapter three, verse 23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. No one's exempt from this. Everybody. Your sweet grandma you think's a saint. The Pope. Anybody. All have sin and fallen short of the glory of God. None of us are exempt. May we never think or may we never say that because we are in Christ now that we're never gonna sin again. It's just not the case. Verse nine, he follows up. He says, if we confess our sins, so may we never say we're without sin, but what he says, confess our sin. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that one thing you've been holding on to, that one thing you're afraid of confessing because God might find out as if he doesn't already know. Right, that thing you've been hiding, that thing that's giving you so much guilt and so much shame, let it go. Why? Because if we can confess those things, all of those things, he will cleanse us and forgive us of all our unrighteousness. There's no sin big enough to keep you from being forgiven. 
Proverbs 28, 13, it speaks to the heart of, of most of our desires of things. You could even remind or rewind to the Garden of Eden. Adam sins, messes up, and then what does he do? He hides. All right, we're going to hide from God to make sure God doesn't find out what we actually did. It spoke about it in the Proverbs, the same concept. Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. How much time do we spend actively hiding things? Especially in our relationships with people like, I can't let my wife know about this. I can't let my wife know I did this. I gotta hide it. Because if that comes to the light, then we're gonna have to deal with this. So I'd rather just keep it in the darkness. I love to conceal my transgression. But it says, whoever does that will not prosper. But he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. And I love that. Confess and forsake confess and forsake. That word confess means agree with. It means we come before God and say, God, you're right. I am a sinner. God, you're right. I'm supposed to live my life this way, but I lived it like this. I, I confess. I agree with you, God. I am a sinner. But then it says forsakes our transgressions. Christian, do you hate your sin? Do you hate it? Romans chapter seven, and we get this picture of Paul, of Paul talking about his sin. And he says, man, the things I wanna do are the very things I can't do. And the things I hate doing, these are the things I keep doing. You ever feel that way? You confess your sin to the Lord and you're like, God, would you just kill this thing? I'm sick of struggling with the same thing. My, my, my anger issue or my, my lack of trust or whatever it is that you're going through, do you hate it so much that you lay it before the feet of Jesus and say, look, Jesus, I want this thing dead and I believe that it died with you? Do you say that? Do you believe that? He says, don't conceal it, confess it and hate it and then you will obtain mercy. James 4, 17, lest we think um, we're not as bad off as we thought. James 4, 17 says this, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him, it is a sin. See, we have these two categories of sin. There's sins of commission, of I know what I shouldn't do, but I still do it anyway. Then there's sins of omission, which are things I know I should do, but I don't do them. You see the difference? And I think when we really start thinking, even just over your last week, think of all the sins of commission, of I know I shouldn't have waved to the guy out my car window like that, but I did it anyways. I know the old lady had the right of way, but she moving slow, right? So I went ahead and, and did that anyways. I know I'm not supposed to be rude to my wife. Did it anyways. I know I'm supposed to be a light wherever I go. Didn't do it. You start thinking about it, man, how, how much do we sin in a week? It's a lot. And all of those things, our sins of commission, our sins of omission, he says, if we confess them, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confess your sins, forsake them, and receive the forgiveness of the Lord. Verse 10, he says again, if we say we have not sinned, just like verse eight, verse eight says if we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Verse 10 says, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar. Now we're indicting God. We're saying, God, you're a liar. Call me a sinner, God, I'm not a sinner. We make him a liar and his word is not in us. Do you deny your sin? Do you, are you delusional about your sin or do you actually confess your sin? 
That's a mark that we have true fellowship with the Lord. We do, in fact, confess the sins that we commit so we can walk in the light and be in fellowship with him because that's who we are. We are in fellowship with him. Two points of application I'd love to leave you with this morning um, are the two application points that John gives these people. The first is this, confess your sins. Confess your sin. Whatever thing you're holding on to this morning, get rid of that. Let that go. God dealt with it. Stop dealing with it now. Just let him deal with it because he did. Confess your sins. And then secondly, walk in the light. Walk in the light. Why? Because that's where Jesus is. So what does this look like? Let's run through it once more. John chapter one, verse five. This is the message we have heard and proclaimed to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. God is light. What does God do? God sends his son, Jesus Christ, to be the light of the world. What happens then? He says, if we believe in the light, we become children of light. And then once we've become children of light, we go out and we shine the light. Maybe you're here this morning and realizing you've been having some difficulty shining the light and you think it's because you don't believe in the light itself. If that's you, if you feel like for whatever reason the light bulb is going on this morning and you're thinking, I get it. I think I've been trying to do this on my own apart from Christ, but I can't shine the light if I don't have the light. I would love it this morning if you would confess your sins to the Lord and say, Jesus, I believe in you. See, that's what we do oftentimes. We confess our sins, but we forget this whole belief part. Romans chapter 10, verses nine and 10, it's up on the screen for you. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You wanna become a child of light, you wanna shine the light of Christ every day of your life, it starts with that. It starts with believing in the light itself and you too can become light, shine the light wherever God may send you. In a second, we're gonna take communion, so I'd invite the um, team who's gonna serve us to go ahead and, and begin serving the worship team. You can come up as well. Communion. As we said before, fellowship. What's fellowship? It's common union. Sounds like communion, doesn't it? That's what we do in communion. We celebrate our fellowship that we have with the Lord and the fellowship that we have with one another. I'd invite you this morning to do three things as we take communion. The first is to look back at what Christ has done for you. Look back at what Christ has done for you. That he died on the cross we deserve to die on. That he paid the penalty for our sins that we deserve to pay ourselves. And if we believe in him and trust in him, then we can have eternal life. The light will shine in our heart. We too then can become children of light. I'd also ask you to look inside and ask you a question. Is there any darkness in my life? Is there any darkness in my life? And if you can think of something, whatever it might be, would you confess that to the Lord this morning and ask him again to not just give you direction of his light in your life, but to drive the darkness out of your heart. The third thing we do in communion is we look forward. In Revelation, John, the same guy who wrote 1st, 2nd, 3rd John and the Gospel of John, he's describing the new heavens and the new earth and he says, someday there will be no need for sun. Why? Because we have the glory of our God shining on us, shining in us, and shining out of us. That's what we have to look forward to if we are in the fellowship. So let's celebrate that this morning. Ask that question of yourself. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he was in the upper room enjoying a meal with his apostles. Um, And during the meal, he took a piece of bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
the same way, he took the cup and he said, this cup represents the new covenant of my blood which is poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You stand with me as I pray. God, thank you for being the light. God, thank you for sending the light so we can so clearly see it. God, thank you for allowing us to believe in your son, the light, and in doing so, making us children of light so we can go out and shine the light of Christ. God, this morning I ask that you would continue to give us the sense of direction that we need for our life, that you'd continue to reveal yourself to us so we know where to go. And then God, in addition to that, would you continue driving out the darkness that's inside of our hearts? God, we know this is only doable. It can only happen by your grace. So God, this morning we thank you for your grace. God, without you we'd still be trapped in darkness, but we're grateful you've shown yourself to us and given us the light. So God, we love you. Thank you for what you've done, and we give you all glory, honor, and praise in this place this morning. And all God's people said, Amen. Islands Church, this is the message we have heard. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. This morning, may we see the light, believe the light, become the light, and shine in the light. May you walk in his light this week. Peace, guys.